What up, guys? It's JP from The Chase Down, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What's going on, everybody? And today, we're going to do the Quarter Poll Awards episode. So, obviously, at the end of the season, we got MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, blah, 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 blah. But today, we're going to give you who have deserved those awards through a quarter way of the season. So, Ben, we're going to start with the most important award, obviously, the MVP. Who is your MVP of the season so far? The MVP of this season, I think if we're, the season were to end right now, Steph Curry would be the unanimous MVP. Yeah. Um, the only other team that's close to them and wins, the Suns are tied with them right now and wins. Um, and as good as Devin Booker, Booker has been, as good as Chris Paul has been, nobody is a one-man train like Steph Curry. Um, he's averaging 28 a game, shooting 42% from three on 13 attempts from three a game. Um, and he single-handedly wins games for his team. Um, he is just, he has been unstoppable. 28, six and five is an awesome, awesome stat line. He's been ridiculous this year. Um, the shooting, he started off really cold from three, two, mm -hmm. um, the first like three or four games, he was not shooting well at all, but he's just been on a rampant pace since then. Um, I think we're 21 or 22 games through the season at this point. I think they're 18 and three. Um, he has just been a dominant force. And honestly, when you're playing the Warriors and you just see Steph hitting shots from three feet behind the arc with ease over and over and over again, you must have a feeling of like, what the hell are we supposed to be doing about this? Like you kind of just accept your defeat. And I think that plays into why he's the MVP because he just crushes other teams' souls. Yeah, you got to watch him play. You got to watch the other defenders um, the faces they make, the reactions they make when they lose him for a tenth of a second and he gets free and launches up a three and it goes in. Um, you could do, you really do, you could do everything right as a defender. Um, but just the way him and Draymond Green work together with the dribble handoffs they do all over, as soon as he crosses half court, they do three or four dribble handoffs. And at one point, if you slip up, Steph Curry's open for three. Um, their, their offense, the way they run their offense is a huge credit to how he's been as good as he's been, but he's also, he's hitting the shots. Yeah. And like you said, a career high in attempts at 13 point something this year, he's just chucking them up and that shooting the percentage he shoots, it, he's guaranteed to have at least 20 points in a game every single game this season. Yeah. It's, just, it's ridiculous what he's doing. I agree with you. I think if the season ends today, it's unanimous. I don't think there's really a close second. And that's not a shade to the other guys in the league. It's just he's at such a level above right now with the shooting, with his stat line, and with the win column. There's no one really who competes. But if you were to have a second-place player in the MVP award, who would you choose? My second place, and it's due to just how well he's been playing and not necessarily his team success, is Nikola Jokic. Um, he through most of the games this season through like the first 15 or 18 games this season, he led the nuggets in every single counting stat um, points, steals, rebounds, assists, blocks, all of it. Um, he was the only reason his team was in the games that they're in. Michael Porter jr. Is out for the season with back problems with a back surgery. Uh, Jamal Murray's not coming back until after the all-star break. Uh, PJ Dozier just went out with an ACL tear. Bones Highland was dealing with some injuries. Um, they really just aren't healthy. And the only reason they win games is because Nikola Jokic is playing the best basketball he's played. 
ever. Yeah, and this is a part of the reason why I had him as my preseason pick for MVP. I have no gripes with this pick at all. He's averaging 26-14-7, and he's also leading the league in defensive win shares. It's just that case is as rock solid as it gets. It's just his team is crumbling around him. He barely has any help right now. You mentioned the Michael Porter Jr. injury. We obviously know Jamal Murray's been hurt for a while. Will Barton's your second best player on a consistent basis. That's not going to win you a bunch of games. I think they're 11th. No, they're eighth in the West right now, which is, I mean, they're still in playoff contention, but usually MVPs are a little bit higher up that standing, but I think that's a fine pick. Yeah. He leads the, the league in offensive win shares, I think as well, or no, Steph Curry might be up there, but um, he's, he might be top three. Um, basically every advanced stat that measures importance, single player importance, Nikola Jokic leads. Um, VORP, which is value over replacement, shows how, how important someone is compared to everybody else in the league. Jokic is number one. Um, it's hard, like if advanced stats are kind of meaningless if you don't know what they mean, um, <laughs> but just know that he leads every single possible metric. Um, he's just, he's been incredible, man. It sucks that his team so bad. Yeah, for sure. My second place player is Giannis. Um, The Bucs are nine and one in their last 10 games. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that he's one of the greatest defensive players in the league right now, maybe of all time. And also he's averaging 28, 12 and six with almost two blocks a game and a steal a game. He's just ridiculous. And he's, we were talking about it before we even started the pod. He's just adding some stuff to his game too. That makes him harder to stop. Uh, He joked around about it in the media. Like I can't be dunking on everyone all the time. Like I need to like add some more stuff. And he has like the layup package looks a little bit different. I was telling you when they were facing the Cavs, he hit three pull-up threes in the fourth quarter. The confidence is just at a different level this year. And I think it's definitely because of that championship they just brought home to Milwaukee, but he's just been incredible. Yeah. I, I have him third place on my list. Um, he's not taking that many threes a game. I think he's averaging four attempts and that's as many as I want to see from him. Um, I, I think the biggest addition he has to his game is the around the paint, the fadeaway moves that he's adding, um, because he is the best player in the league at bullying his way into the paint and getting exactly under the hoop and dunking. Um, but if he, the, the fact that he's added those kind of the fakes and the fadeaways to the baseline, um, and he shoots him with confidence, That's it's impossible to stop that. Yeah, it is. And I, I watched it all on display against the Cavs. 27 points in 27 minutes, absolutely dominated. Um, he, he's just that guy. He's going to be hard to stop no matter what. Um, the third player on my MVP list is Kevin Durant. Just, just look at his stats. I mean, just the easy – we've talked about it so many times. Just like the easiest 30 points per game in NBA history – um it's so quiet like it doesn't ever just pop out at you but you know he's there and you know he's gonna shoot close to 50 40 90 he's just a freak and the nets are the number one seed in the east so i definitely believe he deserves this title he definitely deserves this title and especially considering the fact that james harden has not been great to start the season um and he has been top three in turnovers um, him and Russell Westbrook are fighting for that worst turnover man in the league spot. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Durant's just doing his thing, man. Shooting 38% from three is great. 
87% from the free throw line. Um, nothing that stood out, which is why he's not leading any categories, even though his stats are awesome. He just does, he just plays his role perfectly. Um, he doesn't really try to take over too much. James Harden's doing a lot of the offense running. So a lot of the failure that the Nets have are on James Harden messing up the offense. But I mean, they're steamrolling teams. Um, people have like whined about how bad James Harden's been. Um, and if this team's got to worry and they're still first place in the East, like they're steamrolling teams, they have no problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Who and is it's your Kevin Durant? My, my, my third was Giannis. My honorable mention was Kevin oh, Durant. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So we'll move on to the next award and that is rookie of the year. Um, I'm going to take this one. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. For you guys that can't see, he's rocking an Evan Mobley jersey uh, proudly. Yes. Very, very proudly. I invested in the future. Um, <laughs> he's just been a freak. The defensive stuff has just been otherworldly. Um, offensive, he's still got some room to grow. Most of his points come from like easy buckets, right? Like roll into the rim, uh, mid-range jumpers, some post moves. But the level of skill he shows doing these things is insane. Um, the passing is what, which was one of my favorite things about him when we were doing our draft analysis. The passes he makes are insane. It doesn't really show up on the uh, like stat line, right? Like I think he, he's only averaging a little under three assists a game. But the way he moves the ball gets so many open looks for this Cavs team. I think it's pretty clear. And honestly, I. I think it's kind of a lock already. I hate to say that knocking on wood for injury, but if he stays healthy, I think it's going to be hard for someone to knock him off that pedestal at this point. I mean, the one and two spots seem pretty clearly defined here so far through the first quarter of the season. Um, and I'm not sure how overwhelming a lead he has over Scotty Barnes. Um, I definitely do think it is Evan Mobley leading the way. Um, because I mean, besides just the stats, the, the defensive impact you've brought up is just pretty crazy. Um, his assists, his usage rate right now, isn't even top five on his team. Um, he's not really being used the way me and you think he should be used. Um, and I can see Evan Mobley stats taking an even bigger jump if they just run more of the offense through him. Um, even though Darius Garland has been awesome, but I think you can still run more offense through Mobley, but Scotty Barnes has been leading the way for the Raptors. Um, he's averaging 15, eight, three right now. And just as a big man who can run the floor and do pretty amazing stuff in transition and the defensive impact that he has, I think, honestly, he's fighting for the number one spot as well. I think he's a little bit yeah. behind Mobley, but he's right there. Yeah, I think those are definitely the two guys. I just I wonder if Scotty can eclipse Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley is going to have to have like a bad month or something or a, a bad few weeks. The thing I think that can happen is Scotty Barnes has been rocking it from the three point line. He has been shooting a really, really high percentage recently from the three point line. If attempts per game go up there and he continues to shoot well, um, I, that's going to do numbers for his points per game. I think that's the chance he has overtaken Evan Mobley. Yeah, I think the one thing, too, that helps Mobley's case is just the team record. Mm. Toronto looks pretty bad right now. Their right. defense is horrible as a team, which doesn't make a lot of sense considering their personnel. The Cavs are playing really good teams to the absolute wire. They're in the playoff picture. They will be a playoff team this year. I think 
It's similar to what happened with LaMelo last year. People were so intrigued by how he was able to help the team win immediately that the award was locked up pretty quick for him. Um, I see a similar case for Mobley here, but me and you both agree that it's Evan Mobley one, Scotty Barnes two, and they're pretty close to each other. Do you have a third guy that you want to mention? Um, I think Cade Cunningham's in the rearview mirror, but he hasn't played enough games to be third really on the list. Um, I don't know that there's a clear third place. Maybe you could go Chris Duarte or Josh Giddy. Yeah. Um, I think those are the two dudes probably right now who have been the third best rookies. Yeah, I think it's probably Duarte. And he, I mean, he, we knew exactly what he was going to be coming into the league. He's not extremely exciting, so we don't have to talk yeah, He's about not a it. raw prospect. He was NBA ready from the moment he stepped on the floor. The thing I love, um, I saw a conversation about this on Twitter um, someone was talking about making a first team let that shit fly award about guys who just will pull the trigger at any moment and have the greenest of green lights. Yeah. Um, and Chris Duarte is on that team and Jordan Poole's on that team. Yep. Um, of just, and I, I think that's awesome from Duarte as a rookie to just, he has the greenest of lights. He will not hesitate to shoot from anywhere. Yeah. He's important to that Pacers team. Like it's actually crazy the, yeah. how badly they need his scoring. So he's definitely third, but just because you brought Kate up, I, I think he will be challenging for like Eastern conference rookie of the month, the rest of the way, because he's looked incredible. Um, and he's kind of everything we build him as before he got drafted. Yeah. Um, his, we have brought it up a little bit. Um, his passing's got to get a little bit better. Yeah. It's, it's good to see that he wants to pass the ball. Um, he's not being selfish with the ball. He's, his turnovers are because he's trying to make good passes and they're just not connecting. Um, and hopefully he cleans that up, but his turnovers have been a little bit garbage. But, I mean, he's played 18 games so far. He's averaging 15 points, five assists, uh, a little under seven rebounds. Yep. I think all of those numbers are slowly going to start coming up. Yeah, he's played the same amount of games as Jalen Green. He averages more points, more rebounds, more assists, better defender. I mean, yeah, it's it's a good start for K. It was a horrible first like five or six games for him, but he didn't have a training camp and he didn't have summer league. You're starting to see him become more comfortable within the game and he's looked really good. So that's fun for the league. Yes, um, um, I do want to bring up one thing before we switch is that yeah. you just brought up Jalen green and we're not considering him anywhere in our rookie of the year considerations. Um, and I wouldn't have thought that going into the season. Both of us had him winning the rookie of the year. Yes. Um, I, we both thought he was going to score with no problem. And it turns out the Rockets have won the past five games without him uh, past six games without six. him uh, after being one in 19. So that's that's even more concerning. Um, he is just a shot chucker, and he's not good at shot chucking yet. Me and it's so interesting. Me and you both started to trend downwards on him right yes. before the season started, but we still kind of just thought, "Hey, he's going to get his 19, 20 points, but how much will he impact winning?" Mm-hmm. It turns out he's not impacting winning, and he's not getting his 19, 20 points per game. So. That him having trouble scoring to the extent he's having trouble scoring has shocked me. It does not shock me that this team's horrible and that without him, they're going on this run. Um, like I said a few episodes ago, I wouldn't be shocked if he turns it around and becomes like a great scorer in the league one day. That would not shock me at all, but this team's going to be bad for a long time, I think. Yeah, he's just in a bad spot. He is so talented. 
Um, he's not very big and he doesn't have anybody on his team that he can learn anything useful from. Maybe John Wall, if he's in that mentor type role, but I don't really know what's going on with John Wall. No one does. But um, yeah, I think that's the, those are our rookies. What do we move on to defensive player of the year? Yeah. Um, I think the defensive player of the year is led by Draymond Green um, because just the Warriors are as dominant as they've been this whole season. And it's because of Draymond Green running the defense as well as it is uh, Steph Curry on the offensive end. Um, So I think Draymond is top three in defensive win shares. Um, He just, he does everything he's always done his entire career, but the Warriors are just amazing this year. Yeah. He, he leads the number one defense in the entire league with the Warriors. Um, and it's basically all thanks to him. Obviously there's buy-in around him, but I think I like to give credit to Draymond for that buy-in. Um, he makes it very clear to that locker room. Hey, we're trying to win a championship. Hey, you better try your ass off on defense. And you even see guys like Kaminga and Moody rookies, babies in the league, trying their asses off on defense. And I give direct credit to Draymond. I think it's kind of a shoe win for him at this point just the way the Warriors are playing and the way the defense is playing I think you have to give it to him just the switchability being able to guard big guys small guys um, and just the communicator he is on defense too I think I think this is his award this year dude I think the buy-in is so huge I think that's part of the reason that uh, first of all part of the reason that the Warriors have the best defense in the league um, and second of all, part of the reason Draymond should be defensive player of the year, Steph Curry's averaging 1.8 steals a game. Um, he is hounding point guards and he's reading passing lanes a lot better than we've seen him in the past. Andrew Wiggins is not a dude who gets a lot of steals or blocks, but he hustles and he stays in front of guys. Um, positionally, he's been put into the right spot every time. And I think that's a lot of Draymond Green just knowing where to put guys. Um he is such a Draymond's such a unique player, such like an interesting um, player as a defensive dude who just like sees the whole floor and moves his guys where he thinks they need to be before the play starts. I just think it's awesome watching that team on both ends. Yeah. It's in their first in defense and their third in offense. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane how well this team is playing right now. Um, But yet, like you said, like, yes, Andrew Wiggins is a great defender. Andre Iguodala is a great defender, but like, I do give some of the credit to Draymond for their success, just because I know he's the chess player on that defense, right? He's putting guys where they're supposed to be. And that's what makes them so great. So yeah, I think, I think it's pretty clearly his award in second place. I think it's a clear second. It's Rudy Gobert. Yeah, the jazz, the jazz are great. Again, Rudy's always going to be in the contention for this award. Yeah, that's kind of all. You brought it up before we started recording, but anybody who thinks that Rudy Gobert doesn't deserve defensive player of the years, doesn't watch him during the regular season. Um, Just watch three or four games in a row of Rudy Gobert, absolutely rejecting anything that makes its way into the paint. Um, His contested shots are, highest some of the highest in the league um his block numbers 2.3 a game some of the highest in the league um you can talk about how easy it is to scheme against him in the playoffs when you have one of the best teams in basketball but on a regular night-to-night basis Rudy Gobert is just hell in the paint for most defenders for most offensive players yeah and he covers more ground than people think 
Yes. Um, yes, in the playoffs, when you direct your whole game plan to making him look stupid, it's probably going to work. Mm-hmm. But he can move his feet better than people think. And his wingspan's just so ginormous that it's hard to get passes into the paint and it's hard to get shots up over him. He is, he is deserving of being in contention for this award, basically until he falls off a cliff. Because if as long as he's at this level, he deserves to be first or second for the award. Yes. Um, and it's it's partly the scheme of Quinn Snyder to funnel everybody. You run out on your three-point shooters and you make them go at Rudy Gobert. Um, but that offense doesn't work if you don't have Rudy Gobert. Or that defense doesn't work if you don't have Rudy Gobert. If you don't have somebody who just absolutely dominates the paint the way that he does, you can't just funnel everybody into one spot. Um, the Spurs can kind of do it with Jakob Pertl, but they don't even do it as well. But there's only like two or three guys that can really do that. And Rudy Gobert is clearly the best of them. Yeah, it's not really close. And I think the Rudy's value is undersold. Like, I think if you drop Rudy into Portland right now, they go from the worst defense in the league to probably middle of the pack, even elite. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just how good of a defender he is. So, yeah, I definitely think he deserves to be number two. That would be the sort of defender that Portland would love because they don't have elite guard defenders. If they could run, if they could have their guards run them off the three point line into the mid range, Rudy Gobert could do work for a team like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're, you're totally good point. I don't think there's another, I don't think there's a third place unless you want to put Giannis in there. I got Evan Mobley as third for defensive. (laughs) Leading the league in contested shots at the rim. Exactly. And people are probably saying at home, like Homer pick it is, it's kind of a Homer pick, (laughs) but there's reasoning behind it. Right. He leads the league in contested shots per game Mm -hmm. at like 15 or 16. It's just a ridiculous number. And the Cavs defense is top five. They're holding teams to like a hundred points per game. And they're doing this against one of the hardest schedules in the league so far. Um, What he specifically has been able to do on the defensive side of the ball it's fantastic. Yes, he has Jared Allen as help behind him, but when he was gone, when he got hurt for those, I think, four games or something, the defense plummeted. It started mm-hmm. letting up 125 points per game. He is the reason the defense is good. It's not because of Jared Allen. It's not because of Isaac Okoro. It's because they have two anchors there, and the more important anchor is Evan Mobley. That's, it's totally fair. Um, the leading the league in contested shots per game, I think, is his biggest, his best attribute towards Defensive Player of the Year um, because he really is everywhere. It's not a just-at-the-rim thing. He's contesting three-point shots, shots at the mid-range. He isn't letting guys get easy shots. Um, so we've talked we talked about it in a bunch of episodes before we saw this happen in, like, in the real season, but he's an awesome help defender. We knew he was going to be an awesome help defender. And Jared Allen's such a big dude. Um, he gives time for Evan Mobley to get over to him. If they need to double anybody, if Evan Mobley needs to read a passing lane, just Jared Allen's the perfect counterpart to Evan Mobley while he still puts on size. Yeah, and just in terms of like a defensive weapon in the league, Evan Mobley's got to be top 10 because you have a guy who's seven foot who can hang with Tyler Hero or Damian Lillard or Trey Young out at the perimeter while also being an elite shot blocker down low. It's just super rare. So I think just his tools alone, how he used them, and the contested shots per game number, I think it's okay for me to throw a vote his way. Yeah, I certainly won't be joining you. My third place for Defensive Player of the Year is Giannis. 
Um, yeah. For the same reason, he's always in contention because his steals and block numbers are great because he is literally a menace all over the floor. Yeah. Um, the way he picks people's pockets with his just his long freakish arms is really, really crazy to watch. The way he just kind of like swallows up some smaller guys and picks their pocket is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely deserving of that award. I- I'm not going to argue against that at all. Yeah, um, it's the it's the same thing every year, kind of like Rudy. Yeah. Um, the Sixth Man of the Year Award, we agreed on it before we started recording, and I don't even have a second place. Um, explain to the listeners why it's Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is just being used more than any other six man in the entire league. His usage percentage is above 30% right now as a player coming off the bench. Um, When he's in the game, they just say, do everything. And that's what he's been doing. Um, His second season, they put him at point guard a lot and he kind of dropped off that way, but it's finally showing dividends. Like he's looking more comfortable handling the ball, passing the ball, making plays for others. And we know that he has a green light, like almost unlike any other player, maybe Jordan Clarkson and Chris Duarte, which you were bringing up. But I remember as like a basketball community in his rookie year, we were all kind of confused. Like, why does he think he can take these shots in these moments, right? It's just because he's got that crazy confidence and he's still taking the same shots this year, except now his efficiency is back up. He's a better playmaker and they're giving him more responsibility. Honestly, we looked at the betting odds. He's a heavy favorite to win this award. I, I think it might be able to be closed down for him, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you want if you want a little bit of quick money, um, he's minus 140. You're going to have to wait till the end of the season to, uh, to cash out on it. But unless he gets injured, he is the runaway sixth man of the year. Yeah. Um, his I was down on him, and I shouldn't have been. And I feel dumb for being down on him last year, for thinking that we weren't going to see a better version of him than we saw in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, because this is – he's doing it consistently. What he was doing in the playoffs, the numbers he was putting up, he's putting up pretty similar numbers now, shooting 40% from three on seven attempts a yeah. game. Um, he's not a dude that you can abuse on the defensive side of the ball either. He's not, he's not big. He's not going to pick people's pockets, but he can hold his own. Um, lots of teams try to abuse him and Duncan Robinson and end up kind of failing because their whole defensive strategy is just let our guy get switched on to Duncan Robinson and see what he can do. Um, and him and Tyler Hero are holding their own. And But just scoring-wise, 21 points a game from Tyler Hero is really, really sick. Yeah, a quick shout out to Duncan Robinson for absolutely stealing his bag from Miami. (laughs) They gave him $90 million and he's scoring 10 points per game on the worst efficiency of his career. Yeah, um, that's comfortable. That's comfortable shooting right there. Yeah, so so shout out to him. Um, But yeah, basically for that award, that's kind of all we need to say. He's the clear favorite. He's going to be a key contributor in Miami's playoff push. Um, let's move on to coach of the year. Um, actually, no, let's do most improved. Most improved is cooler than coach of the year. I'm going to go with Jordan Poole here. And I know we've had two warriors already win awards, um, in Steph and Draymond, but Jordan Poole, the leap he has made has been ridiculous. Um, from last season where they were a five, just over a 500 team where he came up from the G league and started taking crazy shots and no one really knew what to do with him, to being a reliable, consistent microwave guy for a team who's going to be contending for a championship. It's just, it's a total turnaround. It's a complete 180. 
I know there's other contenders for this award, but honestly, I think Jordan Poole deserves it just because of the importance of the role he plays on that team. It's definitely an important role. He, I mean, when Clay comes back, he's going to be moved into a lower role, a lesser role eventually. But for now, he is making the absolute most of the minutes he's been given. Um, I think it's awesome to see. I think his confidence is pretty incredible. And I think he's got he's got a dribble moves. He's got a set of dribble moves that you don't see from most end of the bench guys or from most like fifth, sixth best players on your team. Um, he just kind of pulls out tricks that I see from him a couple times a game that I had no idea he had in him. And they're different every time. I think I think it's definitely a fair award, a fair award to give to him. Miles Bridges is another dude that comes up. Um, because he's still, I think, leading the Hornets in points per game. Um, yeah, 20, 20.2 points per game for Miles Bridges. I don't know, man. I, I, I like the story there. I don't have a more I don't have a better story why anybody else should win over him. Of Miles Bridges? Yeah, no, of uh Jordan Poole. Yeah, no, I'm it's a convincing I'm argument. Yeah, Miles Bridges was really good last year. He was 50, 40, 90. Yeah. Um but his efficiency has dropped. The points have gone up, but the efficiency has dropped. Maybe the voters give him a, hey, your usage has gone up, so you've had a bigger role in your team winning this year type yeah. of vote. But honestly, like I, I go back to Jordan Poole. You look at the scoring for the Warriors. You got Steph Curry at 27, Andrew Wiggins at 18, Jordan Poole at 18, and then the next highest scorer is eight. Like, there is a massive drop-off. He, We talked about it so many times last year, Ben. The reason the Warriors sucked is because They're no one – guys. Yeah, yeah. No one could score. It was just Steph. And now that Steph has some help, they're freaking 18-3 and three and the best – one of the three best offenses in the league. I don't think it's a coincidence that the influx of scoring with Jordan Poole helped this team completely open up. I think – I mean, that's a it's a great point. Um, Jordan Poole's been awesome for their team. If you listen to the any Warriors pressers, they talk about how important some of these guys have been. Steph Curry hypes up Jordan Poole all the time. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of guys I want to throw, a couple more names I want to throw at you to see if any of them really deserve consideration. And I think a couple of them do. Yeah. Um, the first one is John Morant. His points per game, he's up to 24.1 points per game. He's shooting the three balls 6% better than he was last year. Yeah. Um, he is shooting with confidence and the Grizzlies are 14 and 10. The other one is DeJounte Murray, who's finally healthy and balling out on a team that unfortunately nobody's watching. Yeah. So for DeJounte Murray, I think what's interesting about him is he's somewhat become like a triple double watch every single night. Um, I've always been a fan of his game, just how good he was on defense at such a young age, I've mm-hmm. been intrigued by him. But as a scorer, I knew he was kind of just, you stay in the paint and you can kind of stop him. He's extended his range to mid-range a little bit this year. I've watched a few San Antonio games. He looks comfortable pulling up from the elbows. Um, in terms of John Moran, I do think he should be in contention for this award. Unfortunately, he's just hurt and we're not sure how many games he's going to miss. Um And especially it kind of goes against his case a little bit that his team has been on a win streak since he got hurt. Mm. So I'm not exactly sure how that goes, but another we more guys that I'm a homer for Jared Allen and Darius Garland also could be thrown into this. This award's going to be pretty like crowded at the end of the year. I think, I think Jordan Poole's my pick right now, 
but would I be shocked if like Mikhail Bridges or Miles Bridges took a lead or Darius Garland or John Morant comes back and like goes on the same type of run? I wouldn't be shocked at all. This award's going to be really, really tricky down the stretch. I think it is going to be pretty crowded. I don't think there's going to be a runaway favorite unless we see something crazy at the uh, second half of the season. Um, I think you need to run a campaign for the Cavs uh, towards the end of the season here for these awards. I don't think you're going to get a lot of love on most improved player, Jared Allen. Um, you got to be the one that starts those chants. Darius Garland, you might have a chance with, but I- I'm serious. You got to be the one that's starting those chants. Jared Allen's been incredible this year. Uh, he's averaging 17 points on 71% efficiency with 11 boards a game. He's just been really, really good. He's not going to get the votes because he's a Cav and he's a big man, but I think Garland probably has a shot. Garland's been awesome. I I do think Garland's been awesome. DeJounte Murray, the thing that I think is pretty awesome is the fact that his assists per game is up by three. Yeah. Um, And I've never seen him as a playmaker. I've just seen him as a dude with the ball in his hands a lot. Um, And he's starting to actually playmake a bit. And his turnovers are a little worse than last season. But for a three assist increase per game, I'll take that. I'll take an extra 0.7 turnovers. It's it's he's been doing great. Um, and but you're right; just nobody watches him. Nobody really cares. Yeah, but just to give the Spurs a shout out, I mean, they paid him super early. They gave him an extension way before people thought he deserved it, mm-hmm. and it's looking perfect now. And you're getting an All NBA level defender along with 19, eight and eight every night. Like yes. he is a great, great player, and he definitely is a building block for this franchise moving forward. If they can figure some stuff out through the draft and keep him, Pirtle, and I don't know, like Doug McDermott together or something, they could maybe stumble into something if Pop decides to coach longer because they're competitive. They're still competitive. They smoked the war. They didn't smoke the Warriors. They beat the Warriors the other night. Mm-hmm. Like they've they've played up to competition, even though they're struggling. It's not like they just get rolled every night. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Spurs have something in DeJounte Murray for sure moving forward. I do too. Yeah, I'm on top of the – yeah, you were totally right. On top of the 19-8-8, eight eight, he's top 10 in defensive box plus minus. So he's yeah. top 10 defensive impact over the season so far. Um, he's a dude that – I mean, I, nobody's going to watch, but I really think he should be on watch for most improved player. Yeah. Um, Tyler Hero, again, could be thrown into this. He could win two awards at once. True. Um, LaMelo Ball's also been awesome. He's another one of those third-year players that's looking better than he was. Or is, wait, is he second year? Fourth. LaMelo's fourth year? Oh, LaMelo. LaMelo, Lamello. I thought you said Lonzo. Second Sorry. year. LaMelo's in his second year. They don't really give second-year guys the award, but his numbers are all better than they were last season. Yeah, you could throw Anthony Edwards in there, too, because his scoring's, his scoring's bumped up like four points per game, and his defense has gotten a lot better. So this just plays into the argument of what we said a little bit earlier. This award is going to be tough to win. Not nearly a runaway yet. Um, So let's get into coach of the year. I have my first place is Steve Kerr. Um, And I am not apologizing for every warrior that I've given an award to this season. If you think it's, if it's bandwagon, you think it's Homerism, whatever, watch the warriors. Um, They're just a lot of fun. They just – Steve Kerr's an amazing coach. Draymond's an amazing player. Steph's an amazing player. The way their offense – I already talked about all the dribble handoffs they run. You can't do that with another player. If you didn't have Draymond Green, you could not do that. Um, that just It's awesome. I, I can't say enough good things about the Warriors. 
I'm not mad at your pick, but I'm going to go with Billy Donovan. And you said before the podcast that you don't want to give credit to Billy Donovan. I'm going to let you know why I do want to give credit to Billy Donovan. So DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are both having like almost career years. Um, And they're both able to do it on the same team. And it doesn't seem like there's any ego issues at all. It seems like they're totally fine giving up the ball to each other. And the usage rate reflects that. They're 14th and 15th in usage rate. They're right next to each other and only 0.2 separates them. So basically it's DeMar, your turn, Zach Levine, your turn. And then you let Lonzo just distribute, play defense, rebound, and you let Caruso be the maniac he is. I think the fact that this team is like top 10 in defense is ridiculous. Never mind top five. You heard me coming into this season thinking this was this team was going to miss the playoffs because I thought their defense was going to be so bad. I think they're going to have two all NBA defenders at the end of the year. I just think what he's done to put the players in the positions they're in and to get them to buy in so hard. I think he deserves the award. I'm okay with it. I have him in second place. Um, the, the leap that they made that the bulls made is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the defense is where you've got to give Billy Donovan a lot of credit. I didn't have any worries offensively about this team. Um, it just seemed like every piece fit this puzzle perfectly. Uh, DeMar DeRozan as a dude who's comfortable running an offense in the half court, but has no problem deferring to other guys. Um, just dropping him on a team with Zach Levine and Lonzo. I, I kind of felt like that was going to be awesome offensively. The defense has been incredible. Um, and the pace that they've been playing at in transition, I think is, I think is pretty awesome. Just the, as soon as somebody gets a rebound, a defensive rebound on the bulls, everybody's eyes are up. Um, DeMar is firing it out to Lonzo. He had a, a play the other night where Zach Levine was looking to make a lob to Lonzo and Lonzo pointed to Io, to Sunmu, and Zach Levine whipped it to Desunmu and he lobbed it to Lonzo. Awesome play. They just, they, they play together so well. And Billy Donovan can get a bunch of credit for that. Yeah, the chemistry on that team is ridiculous. Yeah. And you brought up the Golden State Warriors, another team with insane chemistry. So we both agree on one and two just in different orders. I think there's a clear, clear number three as well. And it's Monty Williams for the Suns. Mm-hmm. That team, I thought me and you both predicted a pretty steep drop off from last year. We yeah. did not think they were going to be contenders to this extent. Um, they are playing with the same ferocity, the same efficiency, the same defensive presence. Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul, for that fact. I mean, it's just a bitch to score on that team. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't pull it out every night, but when they do, it's like, what are you supposed to do about it? We saw Mikhail Bridges basically shut down Steph Curry to one of his worst performances of his career. And me and you both know how valuable DeAndre Ayton is, where he can switch out onto the perimeter on guard sometimes, and also is just an anchor in the paint without fouling. It's unbelievable how this team is still playing this way amid all the shit with their owner, too. People forget about what's happening with Robert Sarver right now. He's going through investigation, potentially going to have to sell the team. The Suns don't give a shit. They're just winning every game they play. It's I think Monty Williams deserves a ton of credit to keeping this team focused and keeping this team just in check and ready to win games. Yeah, it is, it is a testament to some of the leaps that other teams have made that the Suns, who went on an 18-win streak recently, are not number one in all of our categories, yeah. um, aren't leading our, our, win, our awards here. 
Uh, Monty Williams has been awesome. The 18 game win streak that they were on was really, really fun to watch. Those were like so many hard fought wins against really good teams. Um, I really like DeAndre Ayton on a contract year. I wish I could see this from him every year. Um, the aggression's ticking up a little bit, and every year it ticks up just a little bit more than it was last year. Um, I like that he's still playing with a ferocity, even though his team decided they didn't want to pay him. Um, he's going and he's getting his money from somebody in this offseason. He's about to cost someone a lot of money, and yeah. I think – he, he could make the Suns very, very upset by choosing Charlotte or San yes. Antonio or Dallas or Portland for that matter. Yes. Like, just so any- many teams that would instantly shoot themselves into contender status with somebody like DeAndre Ayton. And you already brought it up. Mikhail Bridges is playing like a defensive player of the year. He's in a top five. A hundred percent. Yeah, just the the pieces on this team work together also incredibly. Chris Paul is such a good engine to this team. Still averaging 15 and 10. Um, just just doing what nobody thought was possible, man. He's 36 years old. He's still going. And he gave one of the best clips of the year to me so far. It was against the Rockets and Kevin Porter Jr., who dribbles the ball at nauseum, basically a James Harden wannabe was dribbling between his legs like 18 times. Then Chris Paul like didn't do anything and then just poked it away. He got it back, <laughs> he poked it away again. He got rid of the ball, Jalen Green. He switched on to Jalen Green and then ripped Jalen Green of the ball. Like Ugh. he just takes no shit from anyone. His he, quickest hands in the league at the point guard position. It's not close. Such um, a smart player too. Yeah. He just makes such a shit talker. Like he is such <laughs> like, a, <laughs> I just, he, for as annoying as he can be when he whines to the refs about fouls, yeah. it's fun to root for him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I remember he wore off on me through last year's playoff run. And then by the end of it, I thought he was super annoying, but now I like him again. It's yeah. he, He's a roller coaster ride for sure. But before we get on out of here, let's just throw out some names that you think have a chance to make all defensive team this year. Uh, first name, obviously, because we just brought up the Suns, Mikhail Bridges as yeah. a forward spot. Um, he he's just the he's all over the place for the Suns. Um, they're not a team like Draymond Green, who's got like a a one man quarterback or whatever that's ordering everybody around. Mikhail Bridges is literally just everywhere. Um, he can guard guards. He can guard forwards. Um, he they don't put him on centers, but they don't need to because they've got McGee at eight. Um, yeah. But he is just one through four, man. He locks down everybody. And just the, the work on Steph Curry, I think that alone could put him into all defensive first team. Yeah, that put him on notice for sure. Yeah. Um, that he deserves that level of credit for his defense. I think it's a lock that he makes one of the two teams. I want to give a shout out to the Chicago backcourt. I think Lonzo and Caruso make a team this year. They probably won't make all first team together. Lonzo will probably be second and Caruso first. But, mm-hmm. I mean, both of them have just been outstanding. Caruso especially. When I watch him play, I'm just like, I'm amazed. In the minutes like, per game that he plays, the, the defensive impact is nuts. It's insane. And he's one of those smorgasbord guys where you look at his stat line at the end of the night, it's like 10 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks, like 0 turnovers. And you're just mm-hmm. like, how did you do that? The consistent uh, thing with both of them is they they both end up being like a plus 19 yeah, on the yeah. game. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just think Caruso has been incredible. The deal they signed him to 
$9 million a year. And the last year is not even fully guaranteed. I mean, it's just like a snag of a century. He's so integral to what they do there. Um, I think for sure he will garner some first team all defense votes for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, I I mean, like no way Alex Russo doesn't make one of those teams. Um, Lonzo has been awesome too, but I think he's just a little overshadowed by Caruso. Um, I, I could see just Caruso making it, but I think both of them do deserve it. Their defensive IQ is crazy. Yeah. Um, Center-wise, Miles Turner is still leading the league in blocks per game. Um, yeah. We were shot. I mean, like, we talked pretty highly about him last year, but he was also leading the league in foul shots and, yeah. like, shot attempts fouled. Um, so, obviously, he's not the best defender. I'm not sure how I feel about him still being on top this year. Could he make a defensive for a second or third team? I think it would be tough, honestly, just because the Pacers suck, like, badly. Yeah. Um, Usually, players that make the all-defensive team, it's because they're on at least a decent team. Um, I I just don't know if he could make it, honestly. Even though the stats have been impressive. Yeah, and the fouls aren't terrible. Yeah. Um, It's it's a weird one because nobody watches the Pacers. And there's so many big name centers, Rudy Gobert, Embiid, Jokic, even. Um, it's hard name recognition wise to put him above any of those guys. Right. Right. You know who I thought was going to make an all defensive team this year, who I'm certain is not going to? <laughs> Anthony Davis. Yeah, not a chance. Um, I really thought he was just going to take over and lead this Laker team, but I forgot he doesn't always actually want to play. Um, and he's kind of just shows up and he gets his 20 and 10 and he calls it a night sometimes. And it's, it just sucks. It sucks. His defensive impact could be so great. He could be one of the best players in basketball and he just doesn't really try to be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a huge waste to be completely frank. Like we, we talked about this through text, like the fact they named him to the top 75 is kind of funny, honestly. Yeah. Um, like what has he done to, to deserve that? Really? Nothing. Dude, just that whole list was stupid. Just the Dwight Howard not making it. The disrespect did not put Dwight Howard in the top 75 of all time. Just so biased. It was sick. just so biased. He's never won a defensive player of the year. Um, he, he's an all-star. He won a championship, but, I mean, that was one of the weirdest championships. Like, I'm not going to discredit it, but. It's a recency bias thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I Yeah, I think it is. And I think it's projection as well. I think. Yes. I think the voters were thinking, oh, he'll just keep racking up titles with LeBron. Are we sure? Like, are we sure? Because they don't look like it this year. So, Mm -hmm. um, and his free throw shooting has gone down. He's horrible from three. He has the worst field goal efficiency. Not a good shooter, dude. Not a good shooter from anywhere. Nowhere. The worst in the league. Mm -hmm. The worst. That's worse than Russell Westbrook. Anthony Davis is a worse jump shooter than Russell Westbrook. Let that sink in. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just sad that he wastes the talent he does. Like, I think there are years he, he should be a multiple time defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah, he should be. It's about effort. It's about because he's not it's not like he doesn't have the IQ for it. Um, he could be all over the floor if he wanted to. You've seen him in games in New Orleans earlier in his career. He was everywhere, um, but only for a quarter of the games of the season. Um, like when it was a nationally televised game, he would dominate, but in a random game against San Antonio that nobody's watching, he wasn't going to play very hard. Um, that, that definitely sucked. Yeah. Um, 
Giannis, does he make a defensive first team? All defensive first team. Yeah. 100%. Evan Mobley, does he make first or second or third? It's going to be tight, man. I think, I'm not saying do you want him to. I'm saying does he? Do you think he does? I think it – probably not. I don't think they're going to give him the, the do, which is fine. He's a rookie. He doesn't need to make a team this year. It's fine. But I, I think – He'll be in contention at the end of the year. I think you'll see his name thrown out a little bit. I would like it. I'd like to see him make third team. It'd be pretty cool. Um, but there are just too many good players. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. I think that's all we got. I think you're right. I think we covered everything. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you agree with us, let us know. If you disagree with us, let us know. Um, ben, B, do you have anything else to say before we get on out of here? Real quick, I do want to think of uh, any of these players, which ones do we think are going to change the most by the end of the season? Ooh. Out like of all that. of our picks. I think MVP could be a lock if the Warriors keep rolling. Yeah. Um, rookie of the year. Cade's got like a, I don't know, 20% chance to catch up, but I think it's Mobley and Barnes, and I think it's Mobley leading the way. Um. I don't know, man. I think it's hard for any of these to really shift the way the, the trends are going in the NBA right now. I think all of our my picks seem to be pretty locked in. I think that Cade has a good shot at coming into second place. I mm. think he could surpass Barnes. I think Cade's three-point shooting as of late has been unreal. And the playmaking, even though I'm on record saying he's not as good as a passer as everyone likes to think he is, he's still – the numbers will reflect – he's a good passer. Yes. The usage is high enough. Exactly. Like he'll get six assists a game, six rebounds a game and 16 points. That's a pretty impressive stat line. That's what won the award for LaMelo last year. Mm. Um, We'll see. I think he has a chance. Scotty's been excellent though. So we'll see. I think Kate has room to grow though. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. I think that's going to do it. Thank you everybody for listening in. Peace. Peace.